You are listening to the Aitzer Podcast. Let's go. Hey, everyone. Thanks for joining another episode of the Aitzer Podcast. I am so excited to be here with today's Aitzer. Um, this is a special one. We're doing a very different take on being an Aitzer, and it's an incredibly important one. So I can't wait for y'all to hear the story. I can't wait to see if there are questions from it. Uh, this woman is beautiful inside and out. The way she is so kind, so loving, her encouragement to others. I only know her a little, but so many people speak so highly of her. So I'm so excited to have this opportunity to share her story with y'all. Welcome. Hi, I'm excited to be here. Are you Are you ready to do this? I am, I'm ready. Yeah, as ready as you can be? Yes, as ready as I can be. Okay, well, let's. we're going to jump right in. We're going to do this. So first off, can you tell us a little bit about you? Who are you? Yes, so I am, um, I'm married. I've been married for about nine years. We have two daughters, seven and five years old. Um, I was a teacher for several years. I love working with kids. It was kind of, it was definitely like my calling to be a teacher. Um, But then when I got pregnant with my oldest daughter, I decided that I was gonna stay home and, not teach for a few years, stay home with her. And then very shortly after we had her sister. So I decided I would stay home for um, long enough for the girls to start elementary school. And now I teach preschool and I run a little t-shirt shop and I love having the t-shirt shop. It's a really nice creative outlet. Yeah. So it's fun. I love it. It's amazing. How was it staying home? You were home with both. Yes. Okay. How was that? It was awesome. I would not trade it. That's yeah. really cool. Yeah. And that's a big change from going working full time. It to was then a very being big home. change. Yes, it was a very big change. It was hard because like when school started the next mm-hmm. year, I kind of wanted to go back to yes. school, but I also really wanted to stay home with my baby and yeah. she was born in the summer. So it was, I finished off the school year and then wow, just stayed home from there. That's awesome. But it was great. What about, okay, so tell me, how did you first come to know Jesus and what does your relationship with him look like? So I first came to know Jesus at a very early age. Um, I've been raised in church my whole life. Uh, We went to, when I was very young, we went to a church with my grandma, my aunts and uncles, my cousins. Um, My cousin's grandfather was the pastor at the church. Wow. My dad played the piano there. It was just kind of a all-around family affair. Yeah. Uh, But we went to a very old-school type church with a very fire and brimstone type uh, message, Uh (laughs) which I remember scaring me as a young child. Um, It succeeded. Yes. (laughs) And we had like old-school revivals where we would go and like every night that week we would go to church and it was at one of the revivals. I was nine years old where I asked Jesus to be in my heart and wow yeah that's really neat to be part of yes and it, it you know my grandma was there my parents I mean you know it's just how cool all all the family mm-hmm. so it was a neat experience so that's amazing. I've never really known a time without God mm. um, but I've definitely known times where I've felt closer to him yeah and I guess farther away from him depending yeah. on what's going on in my life that's amazing yeah not many people have that opportunity to just grow up in the church. And so a lot of people use that term, oh, I grew up in the church. But it sounds like you literally, if you were not in school, you were in the church all the time. Yes, when I was little, we were at church all the time. That's really neat. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, well, what I would love to hear, in addition to all that, 
how have you been called to be an ATSER? Because I know it's it's a different role than what we've kind of been going through, and uh, it's a very, very important one. And yeah. so I'd love to hear more about that and for other people to hear about that. Okay, well, I will admit I didn't really know what ATSER meant until yeah, you told okay. me the definition. That's okay. <laughs> um, and something that stuck out to me when you told me the definition was the part about to run ahead and pull obstacles out of the way. Mm-hmm. Um, that's definitely something that I felt like, I was doing during this time, um, this difficult time that I'm about to talk about. Yeah. Um, and my hope is that I can be that for others and aids her in that way. Um, just sharing my experiences and showing others that you can get past things. And even when things feel really bad and really low, you can get past it. Yeah. Um, so I, uh, I'll just kind of start from the beginning here. I, uh, it definitely is not something that I've done on my own, um, pulling these obstacles out of yeah. my way. Um, I had a, I had a very strong community of people helping me. Um, so before we uh, had our oldest daughter, I had a miscarriage, hmm. and um, it was it was called a chemical pregnancy. Which, if hmm. people don't know what that is, that's kind of. Um, it's kind of just a very, very early pregnancy where back in the old days before you could take a pregnancy test so soon, you probably wouldn't have even known you were pregnant. Yeah. Um, but after that happened, it put me in a very, very dark place. Yeah. Um, I was very, very depressed about it. And it was even harder because I was a teacher, mm. which is primarily women. Yeah. And all these women around me were pregnant and getting pregnant. And it was like I was going through this thing. And even after it happened, I kept having to go back to the doctor over and over because my hormone levels wouldn't level out. And it was just wow. like this drawn out thing. Um, so anyway, fast forward to we did uh, get pregnant again with our oldest daughter. And, um, when I got pregnant with her, it was, we were so very excited, but we were scared Sure. because, you know, you just, after something happens the first time, you don't know if something's going to happen again. And, um, it was just a really, it was scary until I got about to the second trimester where I started feeling like, okay, you know, I think everything's going to be okay here. Um, and then we... Fast forward a little bit further, I get pregnant with my second daughter when my oldest is only seven months old. So Whoa. I've never done that math. I didn't think yeah. about that. Oh my goodness. She was seven months old and we got pregnant with her sister, which, you know, it really takes a woman's body a good year mm-hmm. to heal and kind of get back to normal. So my body did not have time to do that. Wow. Um, and looking back, I can kind of see that postpartum anxiety was already setting in like when I got pregnant with my second daughter. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, so can I ask what were those signs for you, for other women so they can yes, be aware absolutely. of this? absolutely. Yeah. So at that time, there were different signs than they become later on down the road. But at that time, it was extreme fear and worry for wow. my kids, mm-hmm. like my unborn kid and my, my child that was already born. Um, just extreme worries like are they still breathing in the night are they Mm. are they okay um just my brain could never stop just constantly worried about it constantly worried about my unborn baby just Mm. just anything that could 
come up to scare me about it did. And did you ever have those like extreme worries prior to, let's go back to your miscarriage. Did you experience that before or was this more new? This was new. Okay. The, I feel like this all kind of spiraled mm. from the miscarriage wow. um, just because it just was so, so hard on me. Um, I can't imagine that. And then when my youngest daughter was born, she had a very traumatic birth. Uh, and when she was born, the doctor told me that had it been about another minute or two, she would have had brain damage. Oh and gosh. so the first year of her life, I was constantly watching for developmental delays, any sign that something actually had happened to her brain. Because, you know, you have a doctor tell you that and you think, right. well, did something happen yes. to her? You know, you don't know for sure. No. And so I was very worried about that. Um, and just add that to the chaos of having a 16-month-old and a baby. Two newborns. We'll just <laughs> yeah. say two newborns. Like I had twins or something. And again, your body alone, just your yes. body never got to heal. So your right. body's already chaotic. Absolutely. Any woman who's been pregnant had a baby and yes. you know what we're talking about. Yes, absolutely. And then you're dealing with all of that. Yes, absolutely. And um, all of that just kind of kept building up, building up. And right around my second's first birthday, I had a panic attack. Mm. which I had never had before. Yeah. So it scared me to death because I didn't know like what is happening with my body. Um, and the way that a panic, panic attack manifested for me was I would start to feel dizzy and kind of like this um, derealization. It's a term that my later therapist used. Um, okay. It's kind of like you feel like you're in a room with everyone but yeah. you feel like you're kind of an outsider looking in, like oh, you're not wow. really there. It, and it's because your body is in this constant fight or flight mode. Wow. And so when the stress just keeps on and keeps on, it kind of gets you to that point. Mm -hmm. um, and after this going on for a couple of months, my sister-in-law gently suggested that I see a counselor. Okay. And she gave me the name of someone. I made an appointment and... Um, I started seeing a counselor. I saw her almost once a week for about a year and a half. Um, and I got on anxiety medicine. Okay. Which the two of those things together really, really helped me. Um, but one of the things that really helped with the counselor was she was a Christian mm. um, counselor. Mm -hmm. And so obviously we talked about, you know, she pinpointed exactly like, that I basically had PTSD from the miscarriage, um, having a baby and then having another baby and having a traumatic birth and just all of those things manifesting over the course of just two years. Um, but she always pointed everything back to God. Wow. And she would even look up scriptures in our uh, mm. therapy sessions and tell me, you know, that this is something you could uh, revert back to if you're feeling wow. this, this, and this, or if you need peace and you can go back and look at these verses. And that was so, so important to yeah. me because I wanted someone who, it, it wasn't just about the therapy. I wanted right. it pointed back to God. Yeah. You need that biblical foundation. Yes, yeah. absolutely. And it was, it was a huge, a huge thing. So let me ask you something real quick. I'm going to interrupt you here. Mm -hmm. Was there any concern or nerves going to a counselor? Yes. Yeah. I felt very nervous going mm -hmm. to a counselor. 
partially because I had gotten so um, panic and anxiety ridden that it became difficult for me to drive. Oh, wow. I was scared driving because I didn't understand what a panic mm. attack was. I didn't understand that I was safe if I was having a panic attack because you are safe. You just don't think you, you are. You don't feel it, yeah. And so I felt like, oh, my goodness, what if I'm driving down the road and I have a panic attack and, you know, this, this, and this. Right. You know, your mind your starts mind's going. Feeling. Yes. And so I was nervous. Um, but after I would get there and sit down and yeah. start talking to her, it was just like I felt this instant wave of, and she was a great fit. Yeah. And that's another thing when you're looking for a counselor, you have to find someone who you really connect with yeah. because it made a huge difference. I instantly felt like, okay, she cares about me. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. What about in the aspect of like, I'm trying to think how to explain this. Okay, so I've known some women mm -hmm. who have felt like they need to go see a counselor. Mm -hmm. Or a therapist mm -hmm. but they won't because there's shame in that they feel that as a Christian woman I am uh, if I'm trusting God if I have peace in him yes. completely I shouldn't need this help mm -hmm. but that's totally not true no did you experience any of that I really didn't oh, um, the only thing that I felt like was it okay you yeah. know because um, was the medicine oh, okay and I have heard people say the same thing about anxiety or depression okay. or whatever medicine and that's something that I talked to my counselor about yeah. and she told me that that God puts people on this earth like doctors mm -hmm. and therapists to help people because he knows that we're not perfect he knows that we're human and he knows that we need these things and that's why these things are put on the earth and there is absolutely no shame in it so well said so, and, and that's it you have to be responsible of course mm -hmm. there's a difference between saying okay here's a doctor let's just go take everything yes. that they prescribe yes it, it, that's not what we're saying here we're saying you've got to use wisdom you've got right. to pray about it you found someone that you felt was mm -hmm. truly walking and God's will for their mm -hmm. life, and mm -hmm. then trying to point you to them. Yes, And so if absolutely. they're saying, hey, this is going to help you, there's nothing wrong, I don't think, mm -mm. anyways. Mm -mm. I don't think there's anything wrong with saying, okay, I need a little help right now. I have yes. been through trauma. Yes. It's, it, it, PTSD, and it makes complete sense, mm -hmm. everything you went through. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Okay, so you start seeing her for a year and a half, you're doing it, you're taking medicine, yes. you start feeling some relief from it. Yes, absolutely. Um, and uh, basically just after that, or, or just during the entire process, mm -hmm. you know, like I said, I grew up going to church. I've always been what I felt like was close to God. But during this experience, I felt closer to him and felt oh. such a an actual presence sometimes like when I was going through things like I would be driving down the road and feeling so so scared and so nervous because I was worried driving right and I would just be praying God please just help me feel peace so that I can get from this point to that point wherever I was headed and sometimes I would just be so scared and literally feel just this warmth of wow. peace wash over me and I felt like okay I'm still scared but I know that you're with but me, I and I know that I can do this, that I can get myself from this point to that point. Yep. And, I mean, it's just really, it was really a, it really brought me closer to him. There were so many things that happened during that time. Uh, I remember one time I had a doctor's appointment, and I was very nervous to go into the doctor's appointment. Hmm. Again, the panic attacks were new. I just, everything scared me. Yeah. 
And I decided when I was sitting in the appointment, you know what, I can't do this, I'm leaving. Wow. So I got up, I went out all the way out to the parking lot and I literally felt something stop me and tell me, trust me and go back in there. Oh and so my gosh. I said, okay, I will. Mm. And I went back in and I did my appointment. My blood pressure was sky high. They were like, ma'am, your blood pressure is really high. I said, I know. I know. I don't want to be here. It's okay. And, um, you know, just I was able to um, to go back in and do wow. the appointment. And um, just a lot of things like that happened hmm. over that year and a half that was just so, so hard. And, and I always knew that God was with me. And... I was still scared a lot of the times, yeah. but I always knew that I, I truly wasn't alone. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. So are you still in touch with your therapist or your counselor? I'm not, which was it? Um, I think she was called a counselor, oh, okay. but I okay. think they're kind of the same thing. Okay. Uh, yeah. No, I'm not. Um, she and I kind of got to a point to where she felt like, you know what, you know, wow. you've got these tools, mm-hmm. you've got, you know what you need to do. And, um, and there was a lot of times during all of this that the therapy was so good for me, but without God, it still would not have been enough. Yeah. Um, there were times when I would go to a doctor's appointment or go somewhere that I knew I was going to feel very nervous and anxious at, and I would just bring my Bible mm-hmm. and sit and read my Bible, and I had verses on peace earmarked and I would go and read read over those over and over I had verses written on index cards that I would read in my car while I was driving and it was just um and I and I still feel such an appreciation you know for all of it and feeling like okay I know this there was a reason you know have you heard that saying um I was given this mountain so others can see it can be moved yes that's kind of always how I felt like about what happened. Yeah. Like I want to be very open about it. I want others to know that it's okay and that with God you can you can do do things that you did not think you could do. Wow. So hearing all of this, hearing your story, essentially your role as an Aitzer for this time period. Okay, we're not talking about I mean your whole life you're clearly an Aitzer because you've been serving as a teacher. You're working in preschools. So those are huge ways that you're an Aitzer not just to the kiddos, but to their parents and their families and everything. But this specific testimony, essentially you were an answer to yourself, right? Yeah. And that's something that I think a lot of times we forget the importance of taking care of ourselves first. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. We push it aside, we tuck it away, mm-hmm. brush it under the rug. Mm-hmm. But you were strong enough to say, no, I, I need help. And listen to God when he said, get back in there. You listen to him. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. And it's it's not that it was easy, and it's not that yeah. things like that are easy. Yeah. Um, but it's it's really worth putting in the work. Hmm. Um, I just, I, I can't stress enough for people who are having, yeah. like, mental health issues mm-hmm. or postpartum mental health issues that if you need help, you need help. And yeah. that's okay. And it's and okay. Yes. So that first step for someone needing help, there's, and there's so many aspects, and I know we can't cover it all. Think about postpartum, people mm-hmm. who just struggle with anxiety in general, people who have PTSD. You think you need help. What is that first thing you'd recommend for them to do? 
So the first thing I would recommend is praying about it mm -hmm. and having God lead you to a counselor or a therapist that will be a good fit for you and that will help you in a way that you truly feel like you're being heard. Yeah. And then past that, if that's not enough, then maybe you need medicine and that's yeah. okay too, talking to a doctor about that. Yeah. What about after you pray? I imagine it's important to open up to someone that you trust. Yes. Besides the counselor yes. or therapist, you need that kind of accountability. Hey, here's what I'm going through. Absolutely. Right? Yes. And I've always had a very huge community and a very, um, I've always been very honest about okay. what's going on with me. Very open book. Yes. Okay. Um, and, you know, my family, my husband, and like I said, my sister-in-law is who, uh, yeah. said, hey, why don't you try going to see a counselor? And honestly, that's something I didn't even think of. Yeah, I thought about, well, hey, I could go get on anxiety medicine and yeah. I can pray about this and I can talk to my family. But I, it really, it, I don't know why, it just wasn't even a thought that like, oh, I could go see a professional and yeah. talk to someone about this. Yeah. And it truly changed because she's the one that said, okay, tell me about your life these last couple of years. And when I did, she was like, Oh, oh, well, here's the problem, you know, <laughs> and, and it made me feel like, okay, I'm not completely insane because that's how yeah. I was starting to feel. Mm. And then she was like, no, my goodness, it's this, this, and this. And I thought, oh, okay, well, that yeah. makes sense. And not even just not completely insane, but not insane at all. Yeah. You have yeah. been through stuff yeah. and it's completely understandable yes. why your body and your mind were struggling to. Yes. Okay, so what about to the person who is on the fence of going to see that counselor or see that? Because not everybody, hearing you say you're an open book and everything, mm -hmm. I think about the women in our ATSR class. I think about friends that I know. Most of them would not jump mm -hmm. to go do that. They'd mm -hmm. say, I don't need that. I'm right. okay. Right. What, what would be, if you could think of one thing to say to them, mm -hmm. what would you say? I would tell them it's okay if you need yeah. help. Um, because I think that a lot of women and men think, well, I don't need to go tell a stranger what's mm -hmm. wrong with me. But the stranger has experience and has heard things that we've never heard of other people going through. And, you know, they can help you and make you feel so much more at peace and at ease with whatever situation you're going through and and help you see God through that. Yes. Yeah. And you know, and if you don't want to be an open book to everyone you know, well, if you go talk to a counselor that's private and nobody yeah. even has to know if you don't want them to. Yeah. Just you and the counselor. Yeah. But I think so often people forget we seek professionals input for literally mm -hmm. everything mm -hmm. in our life. Yes everything yes so if it comes to our mental health why wouldn't we do it for that too right like why not and I think mental health kind of has this stigma of you know it's embarrassing or you're not strong enough or you know and and that's just not the case and yeah. especially nowadays I feel like there are so many more available tools mm -hmm. and available resources and I feel like it is getting more and more accepted and talked about mm -hmm. and it's just so important for people to know that it's okay yeah and and gosh everybody has something going on everybody and it may not be something that they need to go talk to a counselor about right but it doesn't mean they're not going through things. We're all the same in the sense yes. that we are all struggling yes. in one aspect or another. Absolutely. We're all, we all have something. Mm -hmm. hmm. 
That's amazing. Okay, well, what about, tell me, uh, you know, we kind of talked about touch base on how you were an Aetzer. Um, how did you, I mean, and how did you end up drawing near to God during those times? Um, you know, I started coming to a Bible study um, at our church when this all kind of first started. And it was very hard for me to come to the Bible study because one, I had become scared to drive. Mm -hmm. And two, it was um, very hard for me to just be in a crowd and talk openly and talk um, about anything really because I didn't know what was going on with me. I didn't know why I was feeling this way. Um, and I finally shared it with the Bible study group that, okay, I'm going through this thing and it's really hard for me to be here, but I want to be here. And um, that's kind of what started me, I feel like drawing me even closer and closer to God in this process. Yeah. Um, because I started doing the Bible study and I would work on it during the day while my girls were at preschool and just reading over those verses. And it was definitely like, like God put me there at this right time mm. because a, a lot of the verses in the Bible study were about peace and trust and fear and all these things that I needed to work on. And, um, isn't it beautiful how he does that? It, it really is. It <laughs> you really think it's just, is. oh, yes. okay, I'm going to go attend this. Great. But, oh, little do we know. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And the women that were in the class knew since I had shared what was going on, mm -hmm. um, would check in on me. And it wow. just made me feel like good that I had finally shared with people what was yeah. going on and that I was still attending when I could. And, and just doing the homework at home, it just all definitely God put me there yeah. for a purpose. How often that happens in our lives. Yes. We think something's just random, like, okay, well, we'll do this, mm -hmm, you know. Mm -hmm. And then you're able to look back and be like, oh, wow. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> like, that was the this. purpose. Yes, mm -hmm. absolutely. Hmm. Okay. Well, what about other Aetzers? You're going through this. You're being an Aetzer to yourself. Um, you're helping yourself heal so you can be a wife and a mom and a friend mm -hmm. and a sister, a mm -hmm. daughter. What about other answers in your life? Were there any? And if so, what did they do to carry you through and point you to God? Um, I definitely had just a whole, a whole community yeah. of answers for me. Um, a big one, my sister-in-law who, you yeah. know, Hey, why don't you go see this counselor? Yeah. Um, but also just my, my sister talking mm -hmm. to her and her always listening to me and my husband and, my parents, I mean, gosh, and wow. my in-laws were always there for me during this time, helping me with whatever could be helped and just seeing God's love for me through them, mm -hmm. um, them showing me unconditional love, them trying to help me. I felt like even that, just God showing me I'm here for you, but also all these people are here for you and you know, we've got this. <laughs> That's amazing. And if you, not everybody is so fortunate to have mm -hmm. such a huge community. One, they may have a huge community, but they may not understand, or right. they may not be as loving because some people don't understand. Right. Um, for those people, I, I mean, I'd like to hear your input, but mine is seek out that community in your church. Mm -hmm. If you're not going to church, find one and mm -hmm. just say, hey, I need to get plugged into a women's group. And yes. they will point you somewhere. They'll yes. show you where to go. I mean, absolutely. Not, not all of us have 
families that will right. carry you through that. And that's okay. Right. But there are people that want to mm-hmm. help. And mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing all this with us. Of course. It means a lot. I hope it can help someone else. Oh, I think it will. I think it will. Would you mind praying us out? Absolutely. Dear God, thank you for this opportunity to talk openly about what you've done for me in a scary time in my life. Thank you for always being by my side and please use my story to help others and to show others that with you, God, all things are possible. Um, Thank you so much for the blessing of my supportive family and friends. And thank you just for all of the mental health tools that are available to us now. Um, Please use this podcast to reach others in a way that would glorify you, Lord. In your precious name, I pray. Amen. Amen. So until next time, all you have is this very moment. We're not promised tomorrow. What will you do with your moment? Are you with us? Are you an Aetzer? Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review so that others can find the show too. We're so excited you're here and thank y'all for listening to another episode of the Aetzer Podcast.